0: This week, in one of the most honest and revealing conversations we've ever had on the show, Mexican singer, songwriter, and creative extraordinaire, Carlos joins us for a two-part interview that will leave you questioning who you are. We talk about God, our identity, self-acceptance, rejection, and more. All new, Living Openly begins now. At 23, my life changed forever. I was depressed, anxious, scared. I didn't feel like my life had meaning. I didn't know what would happen if I stepped into my truth. On the other hand, I knew I had to make a change. I had to start taking responsibility for my life because I knew the change I wanted to see first had to begin inside of me. Hi, my name is Chris. That was the moment I started living openly. He is an independent recording artist from Mexico, an LGBTQ plus advocate, gay, and he also happens to be one of my friends. Welcome, Carlos. Hi, Chris. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy that you're able to do the show with me. You're um, able to be one of the first people to do the show. And I... I, Because you have been around since really the beginning of the concept of living openly and how it has transitioned and come gone and
1: flipped and turned and all that. So I'm happy to have you. I'm very honored to be here. And I just want to tell your audience that, yes, I've been uh, witnessing the growth the from being a small seed into becoming <laughs> this so I'm, I'm truly honored and I, I, yes let's let's get started
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah so today we're answering the big question how to be secure within yourself overcoming insecurities accepting yourself and living a life full of authenticity and courage. And no one does that better than someone who has to constantly put themselves out there and and really just be amongst the, all the critics. Um, and that's being a recording artist and, and a creative person and just opening yourself up to the criticism, but also the praise. And I think that's such a huge message of what living openly is. Living openly just means that um, you are having the courage to step into the arena. It's not necessarily saying that you're not going to get your butt kicked, but it's saying that you are willing to take the chance. And that's that's all we can do at the end of the day is just take a chance. So I want to kind of ask this first question to you um because i think that it'll help really set up our conversation for today
1: where do you feel the most safe oh that's an interesting question i feel safe i would say just at home Uh, i'm quite an introvert and i i know that's a contradiction with what i'm doing right now which is being a recording artist but in essence, I really am an introvert and a homebody, and I've I've kind of created this atmosphere around me where I'm just kind of expressing myself and, and doing creative projects and writing and recording. Mm-hmm. So I feel that is home to me, just wh- wherever I can be creative, wherever I can pull out a journal and write or just be in silence and especially being surrounded by people who make me feel comfortable or, or even when I'm by myself, but that's where I feel safe. You know, when, when, when I feel like I am able to express myself without hiding parts of me.
0: Yeah. And speaking of hiding, I think the, the big thing that I think a lot of our listeners and you and I, I think even you and I probably bonded over is the idea of, our sexuality, and then having to um, reestablish our identity, especially when it comes to the relationships that we've had with our parents and having to really come to terms with our truth. Tell our listeners a little bit about how you used English as a way to kind of hide yourself from your
1: gayness. Okay. So just (laughs) a quick background for your audience. So I am Mexican and I am from Monterey, Mexico, which is in the North, just a few miles away from the Texan border. And uh, I've always grown up in this kind of bicultural region where a lot of my friends are American and they go over and come back. And I, I went to like a school that was, very international so we had canadians americans and people from all over the world and obviously mexicans so i always grew in this very open diverse environment and my parents are both mexican and they both happen to be not very accustomed i would say to the bicultural atmosphere i would say like they're more Mexican, or they, for instance, like their primary language is only Spanish, and they do understand some English. But um, I would say I am very different in my perception of the world and how I use language. So, um, obviously, a lot of my creative development uh, since childhood happened in English because of school. So a lot of, you know, creative writing, and even starting to write lyrics and just being involved in media and watching movies, music, everything was very, very bilingual. So, um, and that's and that's because you
0: studied both English and Spanish growing up
1: from an early age. Yes. Okay, so um, to me, it was very natural to um, express myself in English creatively. I, al- I also obviously developed my Spanish abilities, but for some reason I started to feel safer writing in English, um, not only because it was the language of some of my greatest inspirations uh, in, in the media, but also because, as you mentioned earlier, it was a way to keep my thoughts safe and I, I didn't realize this until years later, but basically it was almost like my subconscious telling me, you know, if you write these lyrics in English and someone happens to find this journal, there's a chance, like th- they're not going to understand immediately because also a few of my earlier lyrics were very cryptic and they were very poetic. So I would say it, w- it had that like double key, like double password that just made it a little bit harder, but it also made me feel very safe. So, um, you know, that was kind of like my my beginnings in yeah. self-expression. So, yeah. You, and, you
0: mentioned some of your earlier music. Are you talking about mechanical?
1: Yes. Well, you know, I started writing lyrics and trying to make music because obviously <laughs> if if I go back to when I was, I don't know, seven or eight years old, I was basically t- uh, talking over pre-recorded tracks, you know, and trying to come up with rhymes and things like that. But So when you say pre-recorded tracks, are you karaoke or yeah. like tracks that
0: people made or, or what?
1: No, I, I mean, back in the late 90s, I would say, like, I would, I don't know, have a, uh, like, a CD with long remixes or instrumental oh, so and you would just start to speak I would over start, them. yeah or you okay. know what something else i would do which uh-huh. i would um try to write lyrics over video game soundtracks what yeah so i had like this video game you know like uh, nintendo 64 diddy kong racing and <laughs> i remember like playing the game and mm. as i was hearing the soundtrack i was coming up with like, w- r- lyrics and melodies. So, you know, back then, like, we didn't really have the same software we do now, or at least <laughs> I was very young and, and and I was not as savvy. So, but still you found a way to express yourself. And right. it just happened like that, you know?
0: That's um, really cool.
1: So, like, I've never heard
0: anyone say, like, they used to, like, s- speak over a track like people always like they may have rapped over tracks or or even saying them but like and then there's the idea of the videos so it's like you have like these video games that and it's like okay what is an example of this can you give us an
1: example an example of 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 like this speaking over a track. Well, not speaking, but they were actual melodies, and oh. I was I was yeah they they were melodies over over the the. Oh, so you were just trying to like write a song I was, or something yes, too? Yes, I was starting to play with melodies, so um, sometimes the music of video games or remixes would serve as kind of like the backing track for me to write over. So, and I, and I would sometimes just remember them like by heart or I would record with a, like an old tape recorder or something. So it was did you, very, did you ever have one of those, um, home alone talk yes, boys? I did. Yes. 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 Me and too. Was, yeah. I would <laughs> play with that
0: a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That was like one of my, I guess, first tape recorders. Cause yeah. you know, a kid of the nineties didn't really, I think technology had, Was changing so rapidly from, I believe, there was like the, it was just so much has changed, like from the CD, Mm -hmm. the cassette player to the CD CD. to CD ROM and all this crazy stuff. And now DVDs, MP3s, and yeah. Yeah. But but that's so funny. I love that a lot of, I've been, a lot of people have had those little talk boys and was
1: like um, uh, from Home Alone. Yes, I think that was kind of like the toy to have back then. And uh, anyways, so uh, those were kind of like my my early experimentations with recording myself and playing with with words and rhymes and structures. Um, But eventually, you know, as we transitioned into the new millennium, and uh technology <laughs> was more available to kind of record yourself and play with audio i started to experiment with that and it was kind of like a similar premise but this time kind of using a uh a daw or a digital audio workstation oh. yeah oh, so, so you, before we get into all that technical <laughs> stuff i want to yeah. make sure we're
0: staying on on track of thinking about like the battle of insecurity when it surrounds your sexuality. And one of the big things that I, well, one thing that I, I guess I wanted to talk about is the role of religion and how that was also a big hurdle for you to kind of have to, Combat. What would you say? Like your struggle with religion is within the context of coming out and being your true self, and with your family and all that stuff. Like, how have you have had to navigate that?
1: Well, I would say it was it was completely out of the blue. Um, my confrontation with this aspect of coming out, because when I was growing up, well, just A little background, um, my dad was divorced and my mother married him and they weren't really too religious, but I will say Mexico and especially my community is somewhat religious or I would say very religious but what kind of religion catholicism or i grew up as a catholic but it was um, it was like a casual catholicism that's what i mean so i you know like yes you would go to mass or you would go to like sunday sunday school and things like that and like i knew about the 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 religion itself and the expectations and the the beliefs but i i for some reason, I always thought my parents were a little bit more liberal, because that—that that was the impression I got. You know, like, uh, like my mother was very, you know, girl power. You know, like just very independent very and feminist. doing her thing. Yeah. Very feminist. Yeah. Yes. Very like hanging out with her girlfriends and you know just a woman who didn't have to work, but she wanted to, and she wanted to, like, just be someone, you know? And, and she, ha- she had so much uh, confidence, and she really inspired me, you know, just uh, her personality. And my dad was also kind of, like, very um, different from the standard, because obviously because of his divorce. So all these little pieces of the puzzle just as a child made me think, you know, I'm I'm in a somewhat different f- type of family because also I happen to be an only child, but I also have like, have brothers. So it's it was a little bit irregular. And I always thought, you know, religion is probably not this strong expectation, to, like, or like this way to measure or dictate your life. You know, I, I never really thought about it that way until I was a teenager and I started to become more expressive. And eventually I, in this very, you know, unexpected event, I kind of came out to my mom and I immediately saw like her reaction was of shock and disapproval and almost like she was losing her mind over this. And, and religion started to come up a lot. Like mm-hmm. it, it came fr- with a purpose of, of shame and make, making me feel bad, you know, like you this is not the right behavior. This is not what is expected from you. So that was very difficult to accept initially as a, I don't know, 15-year-old. Because I used to think, you know, this was this has never been an issue, and this has never been a thing in our family religion. And, so why and then out plus, of yeah, why out of the blue? Out of the blue, it started to be a thing, and I think the reason is, especially in this context and in the culture I belong to, religion is really tied to society and how you project yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the in the public right so it's i don't think it had to do that much with religion itself and your relationship to god or a higher being mm-hmm. but it had to do more with how you how are you going to portray yourself in front of people so i think it had and also so you think, I think she was, one, embarrassed. So you think one also, was embarrassed a big one also yeah now. and i think a big another big component is it spoke of a personal shame from their perspective, like, mm. oh, so we're not good parents, and you better change so that we can be validated by society and and know and be regarded as a good mother and father who, uh, you know, taught their son what is expected from from God. So, it really, was
0: what you're saying is you being gay really had nothing to do? do with them or their view of you being gay really had nothing to do with you it just was more so how it reflected on them and how people saw them and so so. they see that you because you are different and different in their community is seen as less than Mm -hmm. or or not acceptable, then that f- therefore they felt like they were not acceptable people and they didn't raise a child to be respected. And because that value to them is so important to be seen as someone who is highly regarded and respected. And you kind of was, you took that away from them when you said that I'm gay. Is that what you're saying?
1: I would say that my sexuality and self-expression was not in accordance to the religious standards and societal standards that led to a feeling of shame within them which obviously when i was a teenager i couldn't really understand from that point of view so right. i started to also um become very very critical of religion and very um, questioning of how does it now fit into my life and into my, my personal belief system? Do I really want to belong to uh, a community that rejects me? So I also went through like a period of questioning my, I wouldn't say my faith because I've always been a spiritual person in my own way, but definitely my participation in religion in general, in, Mm -hmm. you know, going to church and things like that, being part of the community. But yes, so starting from that point on, you know, I did sense, especially my mother, she became much more uh, fanatical. Mm -hmm. It's, It's almost like she turned into a different version of herself. And I do really notice the shift. It was almost like a personality transformation where she started to completely uh, embrace and immerse herself in biblical studies and new religious communities. And I feel this was obviously a consequence of me coming out it's 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 almost like she wanted to prove to herself and to others that the problem was not in her and like that she was had always been a religious person apparently but it's very it's 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 such it's a right. It's very common is what it is, is
0: because what I hear you say and and when I think back on my experience and then hearing about all a lot of other people's experience. Parents some parents sometimes feel as though they did something wrong. Yes. They they don't know why. They don't understand why you are the way you are. And some parents see it as a bad thing. And some parents see it as a, just a, a confusing thing. Yeah. And I would say that, um, my personal experience was much more like when I told my mom, it was more so. Um, I think she really, I think she came from a space of, I didn't know. And it was like a shock. But then I also saw grief. Like, there was grief. Like, the person that she thought that I was going to be is no more in her. Like, I I killed that person. Like, I killed that dream Mm -hmm. of me ever marrying a woman and having a child and her being a grandmother to that family. I can relate to that. That's never going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not to say that I'm never going to have kids or never get married, but that vision of her dream is never going to happen. And so that died. And then also the fact that it just it was a sudden shock. So it's like, oh, gosh, like, what did did I do something wrong? Mm -hmm. Because here's the thing she's now going through the same things that i was going through cuz yeah. you know i think the first question i was thinking like am i wrong for being gay like and then especially because growing up in a religious household and it's just kind of been taught that homosexuality is a sin and you shouldn't do it and and i was like how can i be wrong for being myself and how can the God that I have learned about, who is a God of love and acceptance and understanding, be as the same God who's a God of wrath and mean and hatred that would ostracize me from ever living in the kingdom of heaven just because of something that I didn't even choose? And if we are all made in the identity of the Lord or God or whatever you believe, if you believe that God created man and earth or whatever, then how can what he created be wrong? And that's how I reconciled all of it. I, um, Because I really asked myself that question, how can God be wrong? Because God made me the same way God made you. And so, for me, that argument holds to be the truth that I hold on to. And I only believe in love, and I only believe in truth when it comes to God, Allah, um, Buddha, every whatever, the universe, the spirit, the soul, higher power, whatever you want to call it. It's always going to be about love and understanding. And anything outside of that... I'm not willing to even accept or entertain. The conversation is just beginning. Check back next week to hear Carlos respond to the question, How can God be wrong when God made me and God made you? Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. Keep the conversation going on Instagram. Visit livingopenly.com to find out how you can start living openly today. See you next week.